I want you to turn with me to two passages this morning. We're turning first of all to Isaiah 40, please. Isaiah and the chapter 40. And then in a few moments we'll turn to Luke chapter 2. Isaiah chapter 40, please. And we'll read the first five verses together. And this is the word of the Lord. And we read here, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Keep your finger in there. We will turn back uh, to that passage. But we're also turning to Luke chapter 2, please. Luke chapter 2 and the verse 8. Luke chapter 2 and the verse 8. This was one of our readings uh, last Sunday evening at our carol service. And we want to give some consideration to it this morning. Luke and chapter 2 and the verse 8. And there were in the same country as shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. There's our line. Which shall be to all people. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, good will toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem. And see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. We trust the Lord will bless the reading of his word to each of our hearts today. 
I'm sure you're wondering why on earth am I reading Isaiah 40 on Christmas Eve. As in truth, there's nothing really Christmassy. That's the word that you hear about it. And I suppose on a casual reading of it, you would be right. I mean, it's not an obvious passage that we would naturally go to and get someone to read at our carol service. However, I hope that by the end of this service, you will see the Christmas meaning behind it. If you were at the prayer meeting on Wednesday, you'll remember that we borrowed the question from a carol, uh, what child is this? And we sought to answer that question from the carol, what child is this, uh, through the opening words of the book of Hebrews. And we discovered that Christ is the one who God has spoken through. He's the beginning and the end. He's the one who controls all things presently. He's the one who has purged our sins. He is the one who is worthy of our worship. And and I'm sure you'll notice that from our sermon title this morning, uh, we also get this line from a carol as well. Uh, And of course, this carol is, God rest ye merry gentlemen. In the opening verse of it, it says, God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Saviour was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we had gone astray, O tidings of comfort. And joy. So that's where we get our title from today, Tidings of Comfort and Joy. I would like to think that most of you are getting to know me by now. And you know that any hymn that is sang in this fellowship or any new hymn that's introduced here, we, we want it to be steeped in good theology. As the hymns that we sing so often help to shape our theology. And this for me is vital in any healthy church fellowship that we sing hymns that are honouring to the Lord and hymns that, and that the hymns that we sing are grounded in God's word. And so when we, when we sing a carol like God rest ye merry gentlemen and, and you read that line tidings of comfort and joy, can, can we find those truths, tidings of comfort and joy, can we find those truths wrapped in scripture? Well let's explore this. Let's find the comfort and joy in Christmas as it's written in God's word. Let's begin with the comfort of Christmas. The comfort of Christmas. Well, we're going to look in Isaiah 40 for this. To find the comfort of Christmas, I want to spend a few moments in this passage in Isaiah that we've read before we turn our attention to the passage in Luke. Here in Isaiah, an assignment was given by God to the messengers of God. And the assignment was very straightforward. And you have it here in the verses before us. In the very first verse, the assignment that God gave to his messengers was this. Comfort ye. Comfort ye my people, saith your God. This is the Lord's voice speaking. And Israel, in their time of bondage, the heart of God is revealed as he says, Comfort ye my people. Even though God was going to allow his people to be taken captive, even though they were taken away and they were in bondage, he still spoke comfort to them. And this tells me that our God is the one who brings comfort to all of life's situations. This is the one who Moses was able to say of in Deuteronomy, the eternal God is thy refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms and he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee and shall say destroy him, destroy them. The eternal God 
is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. You see, the Bible is the only book that that can bring comfort and peace to life storms, because the word of God stands forever. That first Christmas, we read in Scripture that the word, the word of God, became flesh and dwelt among us. God's word brings comfort. And God's word arrives wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. The one who would bring comfort. The one who would go to the cross so that we could know the peace and comfort of Christmas. So that we could know the peace and comfort of sins forgiven. So that we could know of an eternity spent in heaven. So that we could be sure of it. And God became a man. And the word of God, which is spoken of in Isaiah 40, was there in that manger. And it speaks of the comfort of Christmas. Here we are at the end of 2023. Maybe it's been a turbulent year. Maybe you look back and it's been a difficult one in the family, in work, in business. Maybe illness has come. It's been a turbulent one. Maybe you look ahead this Christmas and you dread the year that lies ahead in 2024 in God's will. You're wondering where can comfort be found? Well, here we are in Christmas Eve, Sunday, the 24th of December, 2023. And as we think of the true meaning of Christmas, the Lord Jesus Christ, how it speaks of comfort that had arrived on this earth. And in Isaiah, we think of God's people who were in exile, they were isolated, they were oppressed, they were despondent. And the reason they found themselves in that position in Isaiah was essentially because they had stopped listening to God. They had stopped listening to his servants. They had stopped trusting in his word. And instead of obeying God, they decided they would try it on their own. And instead of acknowledging God, they rebelled against him. And in the middle of all this, they find themselves in this predicament and they're crying out for the comfort of God. And maybe this year you haven't called on God as you ought to. I'm speaking to the child of God at the moment. Maybe this year you look back and there's been times that your walk has been cold. That there's been times that you haven't relied on the Lord as you ought to. There's been times that you haven't called out to him as much as you should have. There's been times that you haven't been found with an open Bible in your lap as much as you should have. And the people in Isaiah, well, they didn't know God's comfort because they weren't. They they were walking away. They were in exile because they weren't listening to God's messengers. They weren't listening to God's word. Dear friends, today, maybe it's been a year that you haven't walked as you ought to. Christmas Eve as we think of the comfort that came in that baby child in Bethlehem maybe today you could use it as an opportunity to turn back to plead with the Lord for his comfort in your life to ask him to minister to you in your life situation darkness or sunshine whate'er befall 
Jesus the shepherd is my own. Oh, easy to sing. Speaks of darkness there. Difficult times. In the darkest times and the difficult times, you keep relying on him. In the good times on the mountaintop, you keep relying on him. He ministers his comfort to us. It was Israel's own rejection and turning away from God that put them in exile. And it makes me pause today and even ask the question to you who maybe are here and don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour. Maybe your life's in turmoil. Maybe you listen online. Maybe you sit in the pew. I don't know their hearts. Maybe it's been a terrible year. Maybe, maybe it's been a year that's fine. But let me tell you this. If you keep turning away from God, you'll end up in a place where there's no comfort ever found. The place of eternal torment. And the Lord Jesus, that baby who came, he went to die for you. And he loves you. And he wants you to know his comfort throughout the rest of your life. We said to the boys and girls earlier, we said how important it is to receive the gift of salvation that the Lord Jesus brought. And salvation brings this comfort that we read of in Isaiah 40. Maybe the Lord comes to you today and you've lived your whole life in exile of God, separated from him. In Isaiah 40, maybe these words comfort ye, comfort ye. You could know the comfort for the first time of God. God's people in the passage were nearing their term of long and bitter sufferings and fiery trials were going to come. And God sends this message of comfort because now sin is forgiven. You know, there was a man said to Luther one time, he says, look to the wounds of the Lord Jesus, brother. Dear friends, today I'm sure if I were able to see into each of your hearts today, there wouldn't be comfort. You look to Christ this Christmas, the one who came. For all of us were at war with sin. All of us struggle with the effects and the results of sin, with illness, with broken relationship, with pains and heartaches that this life gives to us. But when Christ arrived, he came to proclaim the greatest message of comfort that this world has ever known. Here's what he said when he was here in this earth. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Boy, that speaks of comfort. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest. There's another word for comfort unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the Saviour who came, and that babe who is in Mary's arms, 30 years later, arrives at the cross where the, there's that scene of bloodshed as the Lamb of God hangs there on the tree, and it's at the foot of the cross alone that sinners can be comforted. We need not only the assurance of forgiveness, but some knowledge of the way in which forgiveness can be attained, and it's at the foot of the cross. Our hearts are never truly comforted until we learn that there's a saviour who forgives. A saviour who loves you and gave his life for you and shed his blood for you. We need his comfort because God arrived as a babe and he was on his way to deliver us. Be of good cheer, the prophet says. 
Your God shall come with a strong hand. That's what it says in our passage here. God will come with a strong hand and, and the mountains will be come away uh, and the crooked places will be made straight and the rough places are going to be smooth uh, and the glorious Lord, he's going to come and deliver you, Israel, for, from his strong oppressor and all flesh is going to see it. Uh, and the truth of all truths is this. There's a day coming of perfect comfort and tranquility, but while we live here on earth, we must trust in the cross by faith, that place of all comfort, that the Lord Jesus Christ by his Spirit is with us if we're his children at all times. The Saviour who came at Christmas has a tender heart and cares for his sheep. In verse 10, we read, Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm, and carry them in his bosom, and shall gently lead those that are with young. He comes as the mighty one. In verse 10, Mighty. What a great word for our God. He is the Almighty One, the one in whom we can fully rely and place our trust. And yet as he comes as the Almighty One, we see his caring and tender heart. In verse 11, this picture of a shepherd as the shepherd of his people. We are the sheep of his pasture, says Psalm 11. And he feeds his flock like a shepherd. Dear Christian, are you struggling this Christmas? Don't you forget that the Good Shepherd still cares for you. And he feeds his flock in what lovely terms and carries them in his bosom and gently leads us along. We can say with assurance that amid the trials and terrors of this world that the Lord is my shepherd. And as the Good Shepherd, Christ died for us. And as the great shepherd, he lives for us. And as the chief shepherd, he is coming for us again. We think of the first coming, he will come again, he has promised. When you think of who God is and his relationship to us as his people, surely we know that he will bring comfort to us. Surely the scene at Bethlehem speaks of comfort. Strong and sweet, mighty and merciful. The everlasting God, but the Prince of Peace. Those arms that sustain the universe, but gather lambs. Comfort, because he faints not, neither is he weary. Others may tire after a while looking after us. Physical strength would droop and decline. Time seems long, and all these things we think of. But we come before the one this Christmas, the one in whom we place our lives in in his hands as the God of Israel, who neither slumbers nor sleeps. Are you in need of the comfort of God this Christmas? Remember the angel said he came to bring peace on earth. Dear Christian, call out to the Lord for his peace in your life again. Because he came to bring tidings of comfort and joy. He is the great comforter. And he can minister that to you today. The comfort of Christmas. But I want you to see the joy of Christmas. Turn with me to Luke 2. Luke 2. The verse 10, here's where we read of 
the joy and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, regard, look, I bring you good tidings of great joy that shall be to all people. Listen to verse 11. For unto you, where is this joy found? What is this, what are these good tidings of great joy that will be to all people? Tell us, angel, what are they? Verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. Here's the interesting fact that comes from Luke 2. When you look into the Greek, when Luke wrote his account, he literally wrote this. He didn't have any words in between. He just said, Saviour, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, Saviour, Christ, Lord. No words in between. He simply says he is the Saviour, he is Christ, and he is Lord. Each word is vitally important. Saviour is an Old Testament word, and it means he was the one who would deliver his people, the one who would come to save. Christ is the Greek version of the Hebrew word Messiah. Which means the anointed one. He was the one who was promised would come. And here he had arrived. And he is Lord. It's a term for his deity. It's a synonym for God. Fully God and fully man. Oh what a mystery. Meekness and majesty. Fall down and worship. For this is your God. Christ came. What reason have we got for joy? Dear angel speaking to the shepherds. As you stand and proclaim claim the news of his birth what reason have we got you speak of good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people well a saviour has been born the one who would deliver his people who was going to the cross Christ the, the, the Messiah the promised one the anointed one had arrived and the Lord what a mystery the Lord the one from heaven had condescended and came and there he is in human flesh as a little baby having to learn to walk on the earth that he created. The one who had to learn to do so many things that he himself had created. A saviour came. Not a reformer. Not a philosopher. No, a baby who was Saviour, who was Christ, who was Lord. That's good tidings of great joy. And it says, born unto you. You know, so often you know this, I love seeing the personal side of Scripture. Born unto you. That means you, my friend. I'm not talking you, plural. I'm talking about you individual, individually. Born unto you. You. It reminds us of the personal nature of God. He came for me. And the angels say to these shepherds, this Saviour, he is born for you. And the Spirit of God inspired Luke to write these words that we read and remind ourselves that the Lord Jesus, he came for me. 
Let that sink in afresh today. He came for you. And because of this birth, this Savior, this Christ, this Lord, because of our Savior, our Lord, and our Christ, we who know him as our Redeemer are heaven bound. That's why the angel says, fear not. These are good tidings of great joy. This is the joy of Christmas. He's the one who came to save many a drunkard. He saved many a drug addict. He saved many a criminal. He saved many from a life of sin. He's turned many lives around. We could bring millions upon millions of people to stand before you as a congregation and to tell of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done in their life. What a saviour, what a friend, what a glorious mystery. Once a babe in Bethlehem, now the Lord of history. And this birth still has significance 2,023 years later. Only the grace of God can enable a life to be turned around. The saviour, the Lord, the Christ, the one sent from God, This is the heart of Christmas. This is the reason for the season. These are tidings of joy. God loved us enough to send his only begotten son. No wonder we sing, Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all he brings. Risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by. Born that man, born that you no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. When God prepared to save the world, he sent his best. His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the joy of Christmas. You know, I want you to see heaven's joy at Christ's birth. Picture the scene. No sooner have the shepherds picked themselves up off the ground after falling to the ground, terrified by one angel. And then this, the reinforcements appear. And a massive choir appears of the angels from heaven. And they're singing of the Redeemer that's come. And the angels of heaven are there to announce it for him. And the choir declares that the babe, what the baby will achieve, peace on earth. And all glory should go to God alone. Glory to God in the highest. And we find our greatest joy in our lives when we glorify God with our lives. Serving God. Is what will bring you joy and real purpose in this life. I'll say that again. Serving God is what will bring you joy and real purpose in this life. The joyful news on that day was that in the fullness of time, the Saviour was born, who was Christ the Lord. And it would bring glory to God. And it would bring peace on earth. This baby would bring peace and comfort to the hearts of men. It would bring glory to God. And as we serve him joyfully, we glorify the heart of God. 
Here is an announcement of peace that goes deep within, a peace for the soul, one that lasts beyond the grave. The peace that man yearns for, the peace of God that invades our life, is based on the discovery that God is the one who gives us this peace through his Son. And God says that that peace that is brought to us will glorify him as we serve him. This is the most highest and transcendent pinnacle of all thought and action. The reason for everything is the glory of God. And as we think of the peace of God in our hearts, it brings us great joy to serve him. And the angels, they understood this. They understood because they were there joyfully praising God in the hills of Bethlehem. They knew what was going on. They knew that the Lord Jesus was the second member of the Trinity. They knew Christ before the Incarnation. They had been associated with Christ in heaven before the Incarnation. They knew of his glory. They knew of his riches. They knew of his majesty. They were aware of the fall of man. They understood the fall of man. They had been informed also that God had provided a way of salvation for man. They knew about that. They knew of the prophecies in the Old Testament that a Messiah would come. They knew that a Savior would come and a sacrifice would be made. They understood the sacrificial system in the Old Testament to some degree. They understood that all those animals that had to be offered, they couldn't take away sin. They knew that the Lord Jesus had arrived to completely do away with sin. He had come to die and take the place of sinful man. They understood that. They gave the report to Joseph, You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The angels knew what was going on. They knew the work that would happen to save man. They knew that the Savior had arrived. They knew that this was the moment. They knew that in a future day after this baby had arrived that God would not spare his own son but give him up for sinners. They knew that the son, though rich, would become poor for the sake of undeserving sinners like you and I. They knew that he would bear their cur- the sinner's curse and take the sinner's punishment. They knew that the Spirit of God would, condescend the co- would come down and convict sinners and bring to them salvation and regenerate them and take up residence in the sinner's heart they understood this and they were praising God because they were seeing God's grace displayed there in that baby in Bethlehem and they joyfully sung this news to the shepherds they knew that the prince of peace prophesied in Isaiah had come and they glorified God for this and all who have understood a glimpse of the glory of God and felt the joy of God in their hearts since have joined the song of the angels. This was the great purpose of the coming of Christ. Glory ever ascending from man to God, joyfully glorifying him in our lives. And comfort ever descending from God to man. God's glory sung out among men for the sake of the glory of his name. And God's peace and God's comfort lived out among men for the sake of his name. There's hardly a better way to sum up what God was about than when he created this world or when he came to reclaim the world in Christ Jesus. It's all for his glory and our peace and comfort. He created this world for his glory. He sent the Savior for his glory. 
And we glorify him when we live for him joyfully, serving him with our lives. We see his greatness. We sing of it. And it's our joy to sing of it. We see his beauty. And it's our pleasure to behold it and ponder it and think upon it. The point of creation and redemption is that God is a glorious God. And as one who we ought to know and worship and have a relationship with and praise and make his glory known, that he may minister in our hearts his peace. You know, the angels worshipped. And you know, they, I'm sure, as they sang that day in the hill of Bethlehem, I'm sure there was joy expressed across their faces. And I'm sure as the shepherds went to see the child, it came to pass as the angels were gone away, verse 15, from them into heaven, the shepherds said one day, let us go unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they made known a broad saying which was told them concerning this child. I am sure when they went to see the child and when they left and when they declared the news, they brought glory to the the Lord. I'm sure it was expressed in their face, their joy having met at God. And you know what? I find it amazing how the story goes. The angels declared the joy and the glory of God to the shepherds. The shepherds then went and they found the babe and they came away. And I am sure with expressions of joy on their face, they went glorifying God. And you know what the passage tells us? They went and they told others. It was seen in their expression. It was seen in their joy. And they couldn't help but tell others. And look at verse 18. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. It led others to wonder. It led others maybe even to praise. Do you see what happens, dear Christian? When you live to glorify our God... And join the praise of the angels and declare Christ just as the angels did and declare Christ just as the shepherds did leads others to wonder. It leads sinners to see Christ in us and to wonder at him. We have a message to declare to the nations and it's this, that one came who's brought tidings of comfort and joy. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be unto all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord.